You're listening to Chainleak, the crypto news podcast with your host, Joshua Roomsberg. Follow and subscribe today. Welcome to the Chainleak podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Roomsberg. Today's episode is about unlocking RWA potential with Mantra. Today's guest, John Patrick Mullen. Welcome to the show, brother. Good to see, you, man. We've been uh, been around for a bit. Good to see you and be back on the show. Yeah, for sure. No, right. All right. So, give the listeners a quick introduction to Mantra and what you guys are doing for the industry. Absolutely. So, as I mentioned, Mantra's been around for a few years now. We launched as Mantra DAO um, back in the DeFi summer 2020. So, we've been building the DeFi space for some time. Previously, okay. I've been working on the tokenization space, the regulated tokenization space. So we kind of got the best of both worlds from the more regulated side of things, as well as the DeFi builder side of things. Um, okay. And, you know, after kind of building out the protocol, um, getting listed on Binance and other major exchanges back in 2021, um, we've just been heads down building during the bear market. And we've been focusing on really creating this uh, DeFi TradFi bridge uh, for RWA assets. So we're building a Cosmos layer one blockchain called Mantra Chain. Uh, which is effectively a permissionless blockchain for permissioned applications that allows okay. for RWA tokenization, customizable compliance, asset issuance and management, um, all in this kind of like safeguarded way um, that's still retail friendly and connected into the crypto space for, you know, crypto natives and DGENs to be able to interact very easily, but also have this kind of like more buttoned up uh, ecosystem that they can play in as well, if that makes sense. For an end user, if they wanted to experience what Mantra is putting together, what are the steps they would need to take to enter into the ecosystem? Sure. Good question. So, I mean, we try to make it as simple and easy as possible as if you're just like, you know, interacting with any other Cosmos ecosystem asset. So, you you know, you have your Kepler wallet, your your Leap wallet or Cosmos station, whatever your wallet of choosing is. Um, Effectively, one of the things to access like the permissioned ecosystem, because there's, there's two parts of it, right? There's the there's the permission list, which anyone can access, anyone can interact with, which, you know, is kind of like the normal crypto side of things. And then okay. the permission side, which is where you'd have the RWAs, you'd have the interact, interactions with fiat. Um, obviously, all of this is done on chain still, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more of a regulated uh, space. Um, okay. In order to kind of gain access to that, you do have to go through some sort of uh, identifying uh, process. So, you you know, you would have to do KYC to, to interact with some stuff, but not everything. And um, in order to do that, we've created like a decentralized ID that, you know, once you put up your information, you go through the KYC process, you can store that information on that soul bound NFT. So you only have to do it one time. You don't have to do it over and over and over again. And then Um, then you can go to all the different on-chain dApps. Let me stop you there. Your Cosmos Hmm. wallet would get an NFT that is basically your identity? Exactly right. So like it's a decentralized ID or, or soulbound NFT. That means you can basically passport your, your KYC information everywhere. So it's like in, if, if you were going to Coinbase and you sign up, but then you can take that same information and go sign up over on Binance without having to re-upload everything. Okay. Without having to type everything in and verify it, it's all ready to go right there. It's all ready to go right there. Make it a lot easier. That's pretty cool. Now, in addition to Cosmos, are you guys staying with that as the main chain or infrastructure, or are you guys going multi-chain with this? Um, I would say we have always been, you know, 
multi-chain focus. We're definitely, uh, you know, we're not maximalist by any stretch of the imagination. So while we are definitely core building on Cosmos, um, a lot of the functionality of our platform allows you to interact with all different kinds of chains. So you can interact with Ethereum, EVM compatible chains, as well as Cosmos chains. And it's kind of like the, you can kind of think about it in two levels, right? We got the protocol level, which is the Cosmos infrastructure. And then we have the app level. Um, the app level is natively built on Cosmos, but the way that it's set up is you can connect all these different on-chain wallets into this, you know, login okay. portal. Yeah. Um, and so you can be on all different chains as long as the protocols are are live there. Is there a way to tie that identity into multiple chains? If I have a Cosmos wallet, but that wallet supports a variety of layer twos, can I link that same identity to all of them layer twos? Is that possible? Great question. So the, uh, it is possible. It's something that we're working on. We're exploring a few different kind of like, um, I guess like kind of cross-chain messaging platforms as well as like kind of data availability uh, yep. ecosystems. Okay. I won't drop any names just yet, but um, there's a few of the big ones that have been, you know, the modular ones that have been hyped out, hyped recently um, that we're talking yep. to to kind of explore some of this stuff, which which would be really cool because then, like you said, you can passport your your compliance and your your KYC across all different kind of ecosystems and, and chains. Because that'd be cool too, with that as the back end of the infrastructure. Somehow have one wallet as your identifier in the blockchain industry when you want to go that route with different aspects of DApps different 100%. applications that you have to log into for everything to be right there. Cause I know when you go to an exchange, every single exchange asks for 20 different questions. You have to type that in every single time. So for having an identity verification method like this, I think that's really unique. Um, and it also actually adds even more functionality because when there is some sort of identifying uh, information present, then you can also connect your on-chain, you know, world or your on-chain activities with things like your bank account very easily, with things like brokerage accounts, investment portfolios, all different type of stuff. So it actually is like making this ecosystem of moving on and off-chain very easy. Yeah, no, that sounds crazy. Because while you were just saying that, I was thinking about different social media platforms would be able to implement this mm. and verify who you are. Um, you could also do that exactly. with a variety of games. If you wanted to link your PlayStation to your identity, you'd be able to do that in Xbox, um, PC games. There's a lot of different ways to where verifying who you are could be simplified by using this type of technology. Um, 100%. I mean, it's not, it's not just for DeFi. It's, it, it, it is across you know all different spectrums. 100%. Yeah, so... What do you feel is the biggest difference between permissioned and permissionless when it comes to mantra? Mm. I mean, I think so. You know, the way I kind of explain mantra in a nutshell to people who you know are just kind of getting an understanding of the industry and an understanding of our brand is to think of it as a internationally focused Coinbase that is on chain from day one where Mantra, the exchange, is kind of like Coinbase, the exchange, and Mantra Chain is kind of like Base Chain. Okay. Um, and, you know, we kind of really do align ourselves with, with them. You know, Coinbase has Base Chain, which is permission chain for permissionless applications. 
we like to say Mantra Chain is a permissionless chain because we built on the Cosmos SDK for permissioned applications. And what that means is, you know, we want to have anyone be able to interact with the ecosystem. Anyone want to be able to interact with the token, the blockchain, whatever. But we do also understand that there is a is an area where you need to have, you know, proper AML, proper KYC, proper permissioning to make sure you're, you know, complying with with relevant rules and regulations in specific jurisdictions. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be still doing everything on chain, right? So we kind of really try to focus on making it very easy for the crypto natives and the users on the permissionless side to interact with the permission side, but it's not forced. So you can, you you don't have to do KYC to interact with with the ecosystem. You could have a permissionless app and a permissioned app that do pretty much the same thing on the same ecosystem, on the same chain. That's the idea. So when I think about that, what are some examples of permissioned applications versus permissionless? Hmm. Good question. So, I mean, like any DeFi primitive, right? You could have a permissioned versus a permissionless. We will have permissionless DEXs where anyone can deploy pools, anyone can deploy assets, anyone can do whatever, and we'll have permissioned apps indexes where someone would have to basically um well someone meaning the the operator would have to permission the pools yeah the developer would have to permission which pools get access would have to permission who um who can trade um which assets can be listed kind of thing um so you know for for certain you know for certain assets you know permissionless is probably more than fine um but for some permissioned is a requirement and particularly that comes into when you're talking about like rwas because in many cases those are a little bit more regulated assets. That was the next angle I was going to go into are the real world assets, RWAs. When you think about Mm. real world assets, what types of assets are you guys looking to bring on chain? I mean, everything under the sun to be, (laughs) to be completely honest. Um, But, but, um, you know, we're starting in a few different areas, just prob- probably because of where we have some some more interesting connections. Okay. Um, you know, one of the ones that we're heavily looking at is uh, is real estate tokenization. Yeah, honestly, I it's not my it's not my favorite. Um, I think there's cooler assets to tokenize, but but in the region that we're operating in, in the UAE, and some with the connections that we have, it's just one of the you know the hottest ones to look at right now from a, from an asset perspective. Yeah. Um, I think also, you know, VC and PE, so private equity and venture capital funds, you know, a lot of a lot of retail investors would never be able to get exposure to these type of instruments, these type of assets. And yeah. in this way, we can actually tokenize that and get exposure. You know, maybe you could get exposure to an A16Z fund or something like that or Paradigm or, you know, Pantera or one of these things. And, you know, obviously that can be tokenized on chain that you could get access to. Um, so, now, you know, there's a, there's a lot, a lot of it that you can, can, can do. Circling back. You just mentioned these different asset managers. That would be a permissioned application. You would have to run that through. Um, most likely, that would be permissioned. Um, but I think the way that it's, again we've kind of developed it is that just because it's permissioned doesn't mean that you can't get liquidity elsewhere on that asset. And what I mean by that is, okay. you know, if you have um, if you have you know the reason one of the, one of the reasons we chose Cosmos is because of IBC. Right, okay. so you could IBC a lot of these tokens out into the cosmos to do other things, um, but in order to come back and get the exposure to the underlying, you got to come back into the into the wall garden permission side of things, right? So, the idea okay. is that if you're attaching a token to a real world asset, a real world thing, you know, there's only certain places where you can redeem for that real world thing, and, and that's that what would that need to be permissioned. Exactly. Okay. 
100%. So the redeemability like to, has to be permissioned. Exactly. Like we need to know who's redeeming it. <laughs> yep. I, you know, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> right. Like, for example, if you talk if you talk about a house, right? If you you know, if you have someone random who's holding the token and then they try to go say, "Hey, oh, I have this token." And they're like, "Well, I don't know who the hell you are." It won't right. work. But if you come back and you, and you say, "Okay, I've got I went through the process. I know who you actually are." You know, my house token is a uh, is um is, is eligible for this redemption, and then you can do that. When you think about the potential for tokenizing real-world assets, are there any other types of assets that Mantra is looking into right now? Yeah, for sure. So um, on a on a on a AMA I did the other day, we talked a little bit about some of the art partnerships that we're working on. Um, okay. And you know, I think fractionalization of art is is a cool idea, particularly for some of the pieces that. You know, you'd never be able to buy, you know, in totality yourself, right? Like most people right. can't afford to buy a Picasso or, a, you know, a Damien Hirst or, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so the idea of, of, you know, fractionalizing that and then bringing, you know, additional liquidity to that asset class and, and, and giving access to people is, is a pretty cool one. So we've actually even been toying around the idea of like airdropping, you know, an entire piece of art to a bunch of people, which would be kind of cool. So like you could think of airdropping a Picasso on someone. That'd be <laughs> which crazy. Would be, which, would be, which would be cool. Right. Yeah. So when you think about those types of assets and even the real estate aspect, do mm. you personally feel it's better to fractionalize more or less when it comes to the token side? Um, like is more users on, a better move or less to have a more direct impact? I, I think, I think it depends on the, on the, on the asset, like a little okay. bit on the explicitly on the specific asset, right? Like, do you need a hundred thousand owners of a commercial real estate property? Probably right. not. Um, but could you kind of take like a, you know, maybe some sort of like, really nice apartment and, and, and fractionalize that, give a little bit of ownership to people, but then also give it as like a utility of a, a, using that as a timeshare, for okay. example, right? Yep. Like that could be cool to have 10,000 people holding the token. Whereas yep. like, do you need 10,000 people to, or, to hold some warehouse? I mean, maybe right. only because you want to get it in, maybe only because you want the yield, right? That That's fine. But like the cool part of it, I think is when you can actually make it a little bit more like tangible in the real world, not just purely financial. Right. You got to have both sides, I guess. Um, have you guys worked with any physical product manufacturers yet? Have you looked into that aspect of tokenizing assets? Um, not yet, but I mean, there are there are a lot of use cases for like one. You know, one of our investors is is um, trying to connect us into like supply chain logistics and stuff, but yep. that's a little bit further down the line. Okay. Um, you know, I think that the the ones that we're heavily focused on right now is real estate, art. VCP and then a little bit, you know, like treasuries and stuff like that. Okay. Because I was thinking I seen something and I don't know if it was just an example, but Nike tokenizing shoes or Adidas mm. tokenizing their apparel, different things mm. like that are other ways where things can be tokenized as well. And I don't know necessarily yeah. if that's, verification of ownership or if it would be to own if you had the last pair of Kobe's and you wanted to fractionalize mm. that, would you have to go directly through Nike or could you do that personally? 
them are the types of questions I think about. You could probably you could probably do something like that personally, to be honest. Um, okay. But I mean, obviously, if you have a partner like Nike, then even better. I mean, I think collectibles is a, is not a bad thing to tokenize. But I think the the trick is like, so we we had this interesting uh, debate at the office last week. Like, if you're having these liquidity pools, because obviously, like tokenizing anything is the easy part. Bringing liquidity to it is the hard part. Right. Um, <clears throat> you need to kind of segment the liquidity pools by almost by asset type or category a little bit, because okay. like. If you can imagine that you're trading, it says you Pokemon cards. That's the collectible. Yep. You know, you have a really rare Charizard or something, right? Yeah. And then that's you know that's trading against like a U.S. Treasury bill. You know, most people are probably going to say, okay, I actually value the Treasury a lot more than the Charizard, so they're going right. to you know dump their freaking Charizards and take out the T bills, right? Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to have like 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 minded or like similar type of assets together. Okay. Otherwise, it becomes a little bit. Um, a little bit silly and you know it could could be uh could be abused <laughs> okay i understand that now going into the mantra ecosystem as a whole i read something about guard modules mm. can we talk about yep. that a little bit yeah absolutely so uh we kind of designed the guard module on the chain to be like a custom compliance sdk so this okay. allows uh developers to be able to easily build compliance into their protocols um, and what I mean by that is that it effectively gives customizable permissioning um, that you can say, okay, this asset can be interacted with by blah, 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 this set of rules yeah. um, or, or not, right? So you can do it at the wallet level, the token level, the pool level, the product level. Um, and then you can effectively do like attribute-based whitelisting where, you know, you plug in these different attributes and say, okay, this is, you know, good to go and this is not good to go and then it reads it at the smart contract level and allows interaction or doesn't allow interaction um this basically is kind of two it's 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 meant to be two-sided and what i mean by that is okay um it allows web3 native developers to easily build compliance into their you know web3 applications yeah um because maybe they don't have that you know background they don't want to do all this all that work Right. So they can just plug it in super easy. And then on the web two side for more like traditional companies, fintechs, whatever, who don't know the crypto blockchain side of things, this allows them to create the back end compliance side on chain very easily as well. So you can kind of get it from both angles. If I were a developer building out using the mantra SDK, is there a way to pick and choose which parts of the permissioned identity that I would require? Absolutely, 100%. So some could require more, some could require less. And, and that's right. actually a very good question because it isn't a one-size-fits-all, right? So in some cases, you might have like 95% of the information already there, but you might require a little bit extra yep. kind of thing. Yeah, because I was thinking about different types of applications on your mobile. They require mm. different amounts of information depending on what type of application it is. If it's a social media, it's usually a phone number and an email and a name. If it's a yep. banking institution, you have to fill out an actual form. So that's what I was trying to get at there with what Absolutely. types of identity would have to be verified. Um, Absolutely. <clears throat> is there another aspect of mantra that we haven't already discussed? I mean, I would say like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the two main parts of this protocol level and the, and, the, and the app level. And I think one of the things that really drew us to the Cosmos ecosystem is that kind of like app chain thesis. 
Okay. Um, we want to be a very application-centric protocol, meaning that we effectively built the chain for our app, but we yep. believe that there's other people who would basically want to have the same requirements because you know building this type of application on chain is hard. <laughs> right. Um, we feel we we feel like um, regulation is is applied uh, at the application level, not the protocol level. You know, they don't, they're not necessarily coming after the protocols for, for certain things other than how they issue tokens. Um, but not, not for the, not for the tech component in many cases. Right. So, um, you know, we feel like we've really done our research and homework on this side. And that comes from, you know, basically building, building since we met each other, you know, and understanding the space on both the DeFi and the TradFi side, (laughs) you know, for years now. With helping other projects get into this space. How does that work? Do the partnerships blossom into this type of thing or is it a service Mm -hmm. fee? How do other networks and projects get involved with identity verification? Absolutely. So, I mean, one of the things that that's actually we're we're heavily part of the, like the token incentives can come into play, right? So obviously we want to incentivize people to create wallets that are verified. Um, yeah. We want to incentivize people to verify the wallets. So there's 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 token components that can help, you know, that action, that economic incentive. Right. Um, but I think on on the other side, you know, it is a heavily partnership driven model where we need to have institutional companies and and players come in and and you actually get to work on both angles here because you have the crypto native side of partnerships, which is you know awesome, yeah. and you have the web two, you know, tradfi kind of side of partnerships, which definitely is a little bit of a different game. Um, you know, but fortunately we have real good connections on both angles and both sides. So it's actually kind of interesting that we're able to kind of like have like two different partnership teams or two different people. Cause they have a different, like they wear a different hat. When you think about mantra building out on other chains, how do you incorporate a chain that is not an EVM chain, something like Solana that has a totally different address sequence than what you see with normal EVM chains. Yeah. So, you know, we're working with different um, multi-chain bridges, right? And, um, you know, this will allow us to effectively kind of, you know, do cross-chain communication across all these different ecosystem chains. Um, There's a few in the Cosmos ecosystem that are, you know, heavily relevant, like Wormhole's a big one. Um, You know, Skip, Skip Money is a big one um, with, they have like this uh, thing called Squid Router. and um, so, yeah, so, I mean, we're working with, we're not building it ourselves, let's put it that way. Uh, but we're, okay. but, we're well, but we're definitely heavily focused on the, uh, on the, uh, on the cross chain, you know, communication ca- capabilities, not just in the cosmos. Another thing I was just thinking about is having the ability to have identity verification on Solana. Would that mm. be something that would have to be built on Solana itself? Or would you be able to use your identity from Mantra on Solana in the future? You could. We're, we're working on that idea of passportable identity for sure. So you could okay. take that that data data stack of of identity and passport it for sure. That's that's what some, I was trying to figure out. Would it be bridging that NFT, or would it be multiplying, creating a new NFT with that same information on each chain? What would that look like? I think it's the latter um, where okay. you're effectively you're like sharing the credentials and information and then minting a new representation. Just of that. multiplying it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that sounds crazy because if you guys can get to that point where 
there are 20 main chains that you can take this information and move it all around from. Oh, yeah. I think that could help Mantra in the future. Couldn't agree more. We're, we're looking at it heavily. <laughs> you're, okay. you're on the right track, yes, man. I, I can't say too much on that one, but yeah, you're, you're on the I right gotcha. track. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds incredible. So to conclude the interview today, is there anything else you would like to add? Would you like to tell them the website, Twitter account, where they can find more about Mantra and get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, follow us on Twitter. I think that's where we are mainly active. Uh, Mantra underscore chain. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're in, we've done our first phase of the testing on the chain and we're going to be launching the next one, which is actually going to be an incentivized testnet for people to participate, earn some extra rewards. Um, we're going to have a lot of dApps deployed there. So you know, make sure to come and check that out. Hop in the telegram, hop in the discord. If you got questions, we're always available. I'm always available too. So, you know, hit me up on X if you want. And, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. I really, really enjoyed it. Good, good catching up again. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. Um, to circle back on that, you mentioned the test net. Do you have mm. a firm date on that yet? Um, so we, sh- I, I believe we're going to be announcing the, te- so we're, we sh- we're announcing the test net like, uh, interest form this week. So you can, you can okay. be the first one to talk about that one, but I, I believe we're going to be in, you know, uh, within the next few weeks is when it's going to fully launch roughly. Yeah. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Well, I appreciate you being here today. This has been mantra. Unlocking RWA potential. Have a good day, brother. Thank you, my man. Appreciate it.